run yourself a deep bath, light a candle, and crack open a bottle of wine, because it's time for Unsolved Mysteries Part 2. It's Unsolved Mysteries Part 2. Welcome to the Junkland Podcast. It is me, Sean, and... Me, Anthony. That guy over there, Anthony and Sean, the dynamic duo, the uh, the gruesome twosome. Welcome and wise. The mystery pair on the mystery wagon, bringing you mysteries. Part Mr. Mystery. Mr. Sean's art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that was my art teacher. Was it not your art teacher? Nope. It's weird that you remembered that he was my art teacher. It's the unique name, isn't it? It is a unique name. And I always thought he'd make a great detective. Not because of any sort of skill quality or uh, education just because um, he sounds like a good detective. And he's a cracking drawer because that's what our teachers do. Uh, he's more of a paint man if I'm being honest. More of a brush palette and uh probably going into decorating now. Decorating, yeah. Don't don't pay much to the uh the, the the arts in school. Nope. No. What a shame. I hope he's doing well. Probably isn't. Um but yeah welcome to Unsolved Mysteries Part two. The uh the the second edition. And I don't even know if he's going to be the last one because I'm enjoying doing these. I'm enjoying researching them. I think last week was a, a ruddy good success. And uh, this week, I can only assume it's going to be even better. We've got a bigger mystery. Uh, I don't know what you've got written down there. And you vaguely know what I'm talking about. Oh, can you, broke the microphone there. Can you, can you eyes off my notes? Well, well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, it is. Pork off. In due course. All right. <laughs> In due course. Uh, yeah. So we're going to crack on with the mysteries. Um, the mystery of the Dyatlov Pass in Russia is one of my all-time favorites, probably more so than the last uh, one that we spoke about. On the last episode, we talked about the the mystery of the Summerton Man, who was a dead guy found on a beach, and uh, his death was shrouded in mystery. We solved it, didn't we? Yep. What did we put down to? Suicide or something? Suicide. Well, there are a few little theories. Suicide. Yeah. Moida. Moida. Bobby Schmoida. Yeah, right. I'm going to throw this out there now. There are, there are a set of car keys in front of me and they're annoying me. So I need to move them and there's absolutely no way for me to do this quietly. So I'm just going to pick them up and there they are, the gun. And also I've got a can of Pepsi Max. I've, uh, I don't I'm going to get out of the way now. I don't think I've told you actually my news this week. You got some news? I have. I um I got diagnosed as colorblind this week. The diagnostics came straight out of the purple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually concerned then. You know, given your uh, recent history, so you use that, warm them into it, genuine anxiety and fear, and then you strike them with the punchline. Yeah. I mean, not, a, not a good one. Not a great one, for me, honest. Um, yeah. The Dyatlov uh, Pass. So in 1958, a group of 10 students... Uh, they go, uh, they go like a, 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 like a cross country skiing. You know, when you walk for miles. Yeah, you're walking for ages. And uh, so they go up into the Ural Mountain, the Ural Mountains. Not Ural. I'm gonna get a lot of this. Is a lot of Russian words in this episode. So, um, my Russian is well. Take your time. Don't be Russian. Um, the words out. Yeah. Pronunciate. Okay. Thank you. And uh, and after this podcast, you know, we're in a bit of a rush because we must go. And uh, that's. All right, Sean, you're putting too many jokes in here now. Let's just crack on. <laughs> it's great banter. So anyway, there were 10 students, right? Yep. And they're heading up uh, to the Ural Mountains. They're doing some cross-country skiing. They're all students, Russian students. They all know each other. They're all friends. Quite young, these people. And they've actually got all their names written down. And I'm going to attempt to 
read some of them as and when we go. Um, there are about four of them that are called Yore, so that's quite... Shout out to Yore's chip in Langley. That was a fantastic chip. Yeah. That was a fantastic chip shop on it. And uh, yeah, so there's a couple of Yore's in there. There's an Igor, uh, a Senyon, Semyon. I would pronounce it Igor, to be honest, I think it is. Igor, Igor. Okay. Igor. Well, he's actually interesting about Igor. His second name is Dyatlov, and the pass is named after him. Oh, so, oh, so, it's, not an actual, so it's not the name of the actual place it was no no so the diatlov pass uh or they call it like the on the mountain of death um that is that is natural that's natural place which sort of leads the way into the euro mountains okay so that's where they were heading right and then in one unfortunate night the um they all camped up and uh they all died is that the end of the mystery or we cr- or no there's more to it, it? Oh. <laughs> that's it they all died that's uh yeah thanks for listening <laughs> no so uh yeah but so Ten of them set off, and um, they get to this camp. You know, sort of like a base camp type yeah. thing. Um, and one of them has who has a rheumatism, which is a um, like a joint disorder. Yeah, yeah. So one of them has a rheumatism. He actually falls ill and can't go, which he was really gutted about. But actually saved his life because everybody else died on the mountain. So they go walking, right? And there are tons and tons of photos online. One of them had a camera. Uh, you know, this is the nineteen fifties in Russian, so in Russia, so you know they had they had cameras. Um, so loads of photos taken and like the majority of the photos, I'll just get, I'll get them up as we're, as we're talking, as me and you were talking. Um, so as they're kind of, you know, they're exploring, they're doing the thing and like, you can, you can just see, look, it's just a group of, group of young people just, you know, just doing what young people do, they're having a laugh, you know, they're all like, they're like the cast of friends from Soviet Russia, you know, Roske, Roske and Chandler, <laughs> Monica with a K. Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe and Rach Cull. So, yeah. I, uh, so, there's like, there's, there's, there's this infamous photo called uh, called Frame 33, which we'll come back to later on. Right, so Dyatlov Pass. It is a wide open spance of land. There is next to nothing there. There's snow and trees. That's it. Wildlife? Uh, few and far between. There will be, but you oh, wouldn't, like you wouldn't see it. and that kind it's of thing. It's quite sparse as well, so there's probably not too many woodland creatures that knock about there. You know, exactly what you'd expect to expect to see in an area of Russia that's near Siberia. It's, it's wide open. It's freezing cold. But they're all quite experienced as well, so there are no mugs on this uh, expedition. They're all experienced. They've all done it before. Um, one of them, um, I, can't, I think it's Yore, he is actually like so experienced that um, he'd recently like chased off a bear with like a like a weapon. I think it was a handheld weapon, like in, in previous expeditions. So he's quite popular amongst like other explorers as like being a bit of a bit of a card, bit of a comedian, you know, the bit of a like the wild one of the group. Yeah. So there are no mugs in the group, right? So you this the death, you can't really chalk it down to inexperience. So they go mooching into the mountains and they get to they get to the Atlas Pass and they set up base camp one night. Something happens at night that we still to this day are very unsure about. People have claimed to have solved the mystery, but we're going to go into why I don't think they have. Yeah. And um, we're going to talk about what other people in the area witnessed that night in different parts of the mountains, which add to the, the, the case. And so they got them out at the mountains and then weeks later when they don't turn up where they should have turned up at the exact time, People start to get worried. The late, but that's fine. You know, people tend to be late when you know you come off the mountain, you stay for a few more days, you're having a good time, or you know, you just fall behind people. Yeah. So no one goes looking from right away. When they go up into the mountains exploring, 
they find the base camp. And when they find the base camp, it's you know it's it's in a bit of a mess. The tents are slashed open from the inside. So whoever was sleeping in the tent that night made a gash in the tent to so get so out from, from the from inside. The actual entry. So they've wanted to like just they've, they've wanted to get out there. Half of the bodies were found unclothed, so they're in their underwear. Um, they had injuries that can only be described as the same sort of injury you would get if you were in a car accident. So like it was kind serious, of serious, like yeah, it's like it's not slices; it's more like impact. Skull, skull bones just cracked to pieces with not much soft tissue damage. So the inside of the skull broken without anything breaking the skin on the outside to get to it. So really, like sort of like hard impacts. Um, one of the girls. Her tongue was completely removed, completely removed, almost. And they say it happened when she was alive as well. So that was still happened when she was alive. And uh, yeah, they all died barring one. And um, that's that's the mystery so far, right? Is they were found in really suspicious circumstances. And when they went up into the mountains to ex- to explore, and you know, kind of the the, the police afterwards, the the authorities. Um, somebody went up there for Geiger counter and they were recorded like high levels of radiation. Mm-hmm. All the clothes had radiation on them, but none of their belongings. So the tent, the tools, the equipment, none of it had radiation, just the clothes, yeah. which is weird. Like why just the clothes and which we'll, we'll go into soon. And they had a camera that was propped up overnight facing into the woods. From the front of the tent where... So, yeah, from where they had the, the sort of the base camp, which I'll just get a little map up there. You can sort of see um, where the you know where the tent was. And this is where all the bodies were found, sort of down the hill. So they just took off running going downhill. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they had a camera sort of like pointing out into the woods. So there is theories that something was stalking them and they were scared of it. And uh, they knew it was coming for them. And they all slept in the same tent, I think. And whatever it was that they were running from, they were, they didn't have time to go through the front of the tent. They had to either rush to get out the back or there was something at the front that was preventing them from wanting to go out the front of the tent. They were obviously in a hurry because they were undressed. Well, some of them were undressed. They didn't even get time to get dressed. And yeah, that's it so far as to that scenario. So scenario one, was there something, an animal? Uh, some people have said a yetta, but... There's absolutely no evidence to suggest that it wasn't a, a yetta. So some, some people said it could have been a yetta. There was one of the photographs. If you Google it, you can look at all the photographs from this from this trip. Yeah. And uh, there is a weird photograph into the woods, and there's a large humanoid-style uh, creature looking at them. Yeah. But if you look closely, it does look like somebody who is wrapped up for a snowy expedition. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are no sort of defining features. You can't see ears. You can just sort of see the outline of a puffed-up... Dart in darkness. Uh, daylight 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 yeah so we have to rule that one out i think because there is nothing suggesting that it could be a yet there were no large footprints there were no uh, you say yeah like he's talking bigfoot yeah yeah like the the bigfoot of snowy mountains you know that kind of thing like an abominable kind of yeah an abominable snow exactly like a mythical yeah some people swear to god that they actually exist out there who are we to say they they don't exist you know yeah let's it's just a it's just a creature, isn't it? It's not too different like from a, a gorilla. It's not bear, too different from slash... a, from a human. It's it's you know it's more realistic than ghosts. Yeah, yeah. It's more realistic yeah, than. It's gonna be a lot of um, wildlife and creatures out there that I've not yeah. yet even discovered. 
could be the last of a, a dying species. You know, they say the Tasmanian tiger still exists somewhere in the world. And um, there are seriously like um, legit zoologists that are out there now trying to find it. Like I'm not talking like crazy fucking people who are out there trying to find aliens. I'm talking like a guy called Forrest Galante, who um, is an American guy. He's got his own TV show. He goes on Joe Rogan quite a lot. And he's got his own internet. So he's got his own podcast as well. Actually, he's he's known for going out and finding um, what are now considered to be mythical creatures and actually finding them, taking photos of them, and then coming back and not giving too much information as to where they are so people don't go and go, and go right, come on, let's fucking grab one of these cunts and fucking sell it for a shitload of money. Best way to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one option. Um, but when you say if it's a yeah, obviously you put it to an animal with claws and if you've got claws, you're bound to rip the skin. That's it. And with the injuries that sustained, it's this yeti is coming. I mean, are yetis, if a yeti was real, would it be a meat-eating creature? I assume it'd be a vegetarian. Because if it's quite human, then humans by the nature would never um, would never meat eaters until later on. Um, some species of ape eat meat, but only on very rare occasions. Um, I mean, you look at the biggest animals, I think we were talking about earlier on, the biggest animals in the animal kingdom, elephants, giraffes, gorillas, um, some bears eat meat, don't they? Or fish. Um, yeah, a lot of them fish are just... mostly. They very rarely hunt. It's uh, like Polar bears eat a lot of marine animals. Yeah, but like brown bears and grizzlies, I think a lot of them kind of either fish or, or vegetables and obviously fruits or whatever they've got in the... Yep. Um... Winnie the Pooh eats a lot of honey. <laughs> He's a tubby little fucker, isn't he? He is. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a good one. But like you say, you have to ask yourself why? Why would a yeti be stalking humans unless it was completely territorial? Another theory is that there is a um, there's a, a group of indigenous people that live in sort of the Siberian areas called the Mansai, mm-hmm. the Mansai tribe, Mansai hunters, and known to be quite aggressive if you sort of wander too close to their their territories, and uh, the kind of can you say Eskimo anymore? You Inuit style, you know, Inuit style yeah. people, um, like live off the live off the land, uh, experts in snowy terrains. And now that was a theory that maybe they wandered too close to hunting grounds and um, they were attacked and killed by these people. But almost instantly into the investigation, uh, their tribe tribal areas were visited by authorities, and not only did they deny. Um, attacking them they told them exactly why the why it's just because they said it's silly a lot of people go through the Dyatlov Pass and they don't bother anyone that's not their territory and they also helped find other bits of evidence as well like they, they helped the authorities yeah like, locate bits of flesh and you know just like bits of cloth, like whatever it was like they also know it like the back of the hand so yeah so, so they actually helped out so and also there was almost no evidence to suggest that those uh, those guys um, were involved in any way um, fun fact about um, the the Mansai, they like to get high off uh, mushrooms, but the mushrooms that they that grow in that area are highly toxic and would make them very sick or kill them. So, do you know how they filter out all the toxicity? Something ritual to burn it out because of the terrain. Um, no, they feed it to reindeer. Reindeer aren't affected by it, and then reindeer piss, and then they take, take the, the piss, piss and drink that. And it just gets them absolutely off the tits. Really? Yeah. That's, um, I was watching a guy on the National Geographic off your Disney account, and he goes to see with a truck that in the cold train. It was in, out in Africa or somewhere. And basically, um, 
their cows is their their, their wealth, and uh, in order to kind of get all the nutrients and stuff, they shoot a cow and a juggler, fill up a massive cup of the blood, and then it's like squeeze it and throw sand on it to close it up so it doesn't kill them. And um, yeah, drink their blood. So and they don't kill the cow. Don't kill the cow. Don't kill the human. Wow. Um, yeah. So I just got to show if with us being in a city animals now i bet i would absolutely kill us if we're drinking piss and eating cow's blood yeah i suppose so it's not to the guys in the um who are about that life they can just go about drinking piss yeah getting pissed quite literally guilt-free should we move on some other theories yeah there's a one theory that one of the um one of the members of the group was a a spy because don't forget this is 1952 so this is just after come off the world this is like seven years is it World War. Yeah, uh, golden age of the KGB. Standing um, for KGB is the like, it's the Russian secret service, isn't it? Oh. It's um, it's basically the CIA of Russia, highly secretive, and also the case was classified almost instantly, and every single death was ruled off as being cause of death, compelling natural force, which is kind of sinister. Every single one of them, compelling natural force. So there's talks of a KGB sort of relation in there. Um, there's also talks... Is there anyone, sorry, is there anyone who's like suspect or sort of highly um, sought out? Yeah, one illegally? of the... Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't say. I was about to just pick one out at random to make it sound like I knew what I was talking about, but I couldn't. I think it was actually uh, that, that Semyon Zolotaryov. Um, but again, there's nothing that strongly links any one of them to being a spy of any kind and also why would a spy be traveling with a bunch of innocent students who are just on a two-week um, trip exploring it sort of didn't make sense yeah until we get to the next bit which is in the area um there were other explorers in the area around the same time who reported um, on the night or around the time of their disappearance um bright lights in the sky okay Yes, strange light formations, uh, metallic discs. You know where I'm going. UFO kind of shit. UFO type shit. And then earlier I mentioned the episode, look at frame 33 of the Dyatlov uh, photos, which I'm going to get up right now. And it looks, um, you know, it's it's light. It's twisted up light. It's not, it's, it's certainly no evidence. It's an old camera that has been overly exposed if, if I'm being honest, um, there we go. It's just this. So you can see it there. It's just a black frame with, um, yeah, it's just, it just, it looks like light twisted up on the camera. This is a picture of, uh, Semyon. And yeah, so we're just, uh, for anyone, um, listening now, this is just us just looking through some of the photographs of the guys having a really good time. But yeah, so do you reckon, did you examine the camera? Well, this is the photos from the camera. Oh, so yeah, while well, it was filming. Yeah. Oh, so this is frames from the thing. Yeah. yeah, so not a video camera, but an actual photographic camera. Ah, okay. When you said, yeah, sorry, I thought you meant it was like filming. No, like. no, yeah. Um, so yeah, they said they reported lights in the sky, and then this, which obviously goes down the UFO route, but it's also the route of um, they believed that Russians were testing missiles in the area, which might account for the high levels of radiation. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, why would the high levels of radiation? Only beyond the, the clothes and nowhere else. Um, and then we have a natural phenomenon called infrasound. So the exact area of the mountain where they were 
acts is acts as sort of like a wind trap and you get sort of what you call mini hurricanes that are sort yeah. of dotting around which create a really unique sound which has which I say has been reported. This is online um articles that I'm referencing. This is nothing scientific. Um that can cause dread and um feelings of like horror inside a human which might have caused them all to panic and just like freak out in this weird way. But would that cause them to like cause such compound injuries? Well that's it, because then then that comes to why they run if this is the most realistic well I'd say most realistic, it still doesn't make sense to me, is that there could have been an avalanche and if they heard an avalanche, if they heard snow breaking off the mountains above them, they would have took off running down the mountain, whether they were dressed or not, they would have took off running from the snow. And then if they did get swept off by the snow and the hitting trees on the way down, that kind of answers for some of these seriously like gruesome internal injuries. But then if it was a case of an avalanche, maybe they were fully clothed and there's a there's a you hear this story of people who get trapped on Mount Everest and stuff. You have what you call like phantom undressing. And then what it is, it's when you start struggling with hyperthermia, your body's signals start getting all mixed up and you start to believe that you're actually really hot and you think you're too hot and you need to take your clothes off because you feel like you're burning. So there's loads of cases on um, Everest and places like that where people have actually been found undressed because they've took the clothes off to cool down, but they're actually dying of hypothermia mm. and they, they don't understand it. So there's a case that they, they could put forward and say they were running down the hill, they got swept off by snow, um, they hit a load of trees on the way down, um, and they took the clothes off in whatever order. Maybe they took the clothes off first, who knows? But it doesn't answer for why would they have set the camera up on the outside? Why was that girl's tongue missing? Why were there other sort of like gruesome injuries like that? Like, yeah, someone's skull being broken, swept off by snow, hit a tree, boom, crack, gone. But who removed the girl's tongue? Could an animal come along later on of, and, and just sort of picked at the flesh? But see, none of them was like, none of them was cut. Yeah, I couldn't, no, not, not, not none of them were cut, but a lot of the, just compounds. A lot, a lot of the injuries impact. didn't have soft tissue. Know, damage on the outside other than sort of bruising but I mean, there was no even still the tongue is a very in a very awkward place just to specifically take out and if they think if you're that, not drained or if they think she was alive at the time as well yeah obviously you know. out of fear you know she might talk i don't know or whatever um if it's paradoxical undressing sorry i said phantom undressing did I? paradoxical undressing that's what it's called sorry yeah, it's um if it was an avalanche, there's not a good chance that a lot of the equipment and stuff would have been covered. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's another one. Yeah, the tent would have probably got swept away. The tent wouldn't still be there. Certainly not in any good enough condition to later then go in and say, oh, this is cut. Because they could tell that the tent was cut from the inside. Take us by the way, it flaps. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the fibres, like the direction the fire. It's like when you, know, when you break a car window, you know, because yeah. the glass is either on the inside or the outside. That's what, yeah, sort of way Maybe this, maybe this, yeah, it, it could, but I don't know. Just pure guesswork on my part as to understanding um, how they find that out. But yeah, maybe it's hypothermia that cut them out. Um, these talks of poisoning, maybe they're all on drugs, maybe they're like that, that mushroom that we were talking about. Maybe they got into that sort of stuff and they're all just absolutely off the tips. Tripping the balls. Yeah, because there are also um, cases 
of people doing hallucinogens like um, acid or mushrooms together and seeing the same thing. So say if me and you did mushrooms now and we're and I start hallucinating that there's a I don't know, there's a, there's a mouse running across my desk. You would see the exact same thing, mm. which is fucking fascinating in my mind because how are both of our minds Connecting. conjuring up the same vision? Yeah. You know, so maybe in Some that spiritual sense. kind of. Yeah. So, vibe. I mean, there's a lot of like cool stuff to look into there. You know, you've got UFOs, um, secret launches into space, infrasound, the yeah, these talks of teleportation in it, like a teleportation experiment, which. Sounds a bit, you know, a bit weird. Um, you got lightning, ball lightning. Um, just it goes crazy. You know, you got gravity fluctuation, that uh, catabatic wind that I was talking to. Yeah. You, like, you know, with a with a that creates like weird sounds and and vibes. Um, one thing that I want to answer is why were the clothes radiated, but not anything else? Has somebody done that while they've been away? Were they already radiated before they went out of the mountain? And if like in the bags or whatever. And if the clothes were heavily radiated, is that what poisoned them? Did they start to freak out a little bit? And then because the case got classified almost instantly, that kind of nudges towards, oh, what's going on? Is there some cover sort of up. KGB cover-up? But then I looked into it today, and around that time, almost any case that was popularized was almost instantly classified and then declassified later on. Yeah. So when you kind of look at it in... in you know, Overall, rather than you, you, you look back and say, oh... You know, this is in the golden era of the KGB, and this case has been classified by the KGB. Ooh, what's going on? This is this is a bit of a but a lot of cases got classified and then lifted almost straight away once they had an answer to it. You know, because the whole coming out of the war thing as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the poor Mansai people got roped into it, but um, and uh, got accused of murder. And who was a guy who stayed at home? He was a bit under the weather. Uh, I don't know his name. Is it, uh, it was Yori something. There's about 12 Yoris in the group of nine people. Um, the, um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Could have been Yori Geller. Could have been Yori Geller. Bending spoons. Bending spoons so powerful. Yori Doroshenko. He was the one who stayed at home. Your Yori Geller got um, paid money by... Oh, my God. I'm bringing some up that I don't know too much about. Yori Geller was paid by fucking law enforcement agencies to help solve crimes and shit. That sounds like a South Park episode. No, you know what it was. It wasn't that. It was he was he was paid by big companies to find oil deposits in the ground using his powers. Using his powers, bending spoons powers. into the ground. He's spoon bending powers to find oil deposits. Oh man! And these guys are in charge of massive companies. For can you imagine if that was me? I'd projects. go to them. I'd say I've got your regular powers. Then I go, wow, and I go, I want you to pay me a million, and I'll make you billions by finding oil. And they go, fuck it, to whatever punt. And then what I do is. I'd find out if there are any experts about that actually know how to look in the ground. They'll say, I'm going to pay you half a million if you can find an oil deposit in the ground. I go, oh, I think there's going to be one here. Then I go back and go, my magic powers. I'm getting the word. Okay. And then read out the coordinates. I go, I don't know where it is, but these are the coordinates. And they go, they go wow, Sean's got magical powers. And you got a million. This I guy's got, got half a million. Well, no, I asked for a million up front. So I've got half a mil. He's got half a mil. I did nothing other than sort of lie and manipulate business. He did what he was good at. Right. Write down coordinates on your hand. I'm getting a coordinates. Quick look at your hand. Yeah, you For put, you, fuck's sake, I'm sweating. <laughs> He's gone. Go, wait, 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 let me just check my notes and go in your wallet. And, yeah. There you go. Give him that. And yeah. then half a million pound richer. Thank you, Yori Geller. That's, um, that's a shoe-in. That's it. Yori Geller. And uh, there you go. Take your money and uh, 
you know, you can spend the rest of your life going on you know, GMTV, bending spoons. Expeditions, not to the off pass. Yeah, love. I was going to have a little funny game where we try and read out some of these names, but uh, they all, they're all dead. And, um, and they all died quite young as well. In the prime of their life. Hopefully. People might find it offensive if we're getting all these names wrong of Russian people. I mean, I don't think any Russians listen to the show, but... Well, don't be haste there. Well, actually, I know for a fact no one in Russia has ever listened to the show. That's because... Don't know to talk Russian or not. That's a good point. Uh, should we take a little break and then uh, come back with another mystery? Yep. We're back. We've got another unsolved mystery. A mystery of the unsolved variety. What have you got? Shoot. So have you seen the film Changeling? Changeling. Is that the Angelina Jolie movie directed by Clint Eastwood? I think it is the uh, Angelina Jolie movie directed by Clint Eastwood. Good yeah. recollection of memory. Yeah. We spoke about that during the break. Um, so yeah, um, obviously, nineteen, obviously, twenty-eight, California. It's going off. It's hip. Kids are wanting to go to the cinema. Um, <laughs> little Walter Collins gets some money off his ma. Uh, go to the cinema, enjoy your film, get a little bit of a uh, candy floss, maybe an ice blast. Um, sends him off. Obviously, he doesn't come home. Um, ice blasts in... weren't invented that back then. Pardon? Ice blasts weren't invented back then. What, in 1928? Yeah. Fucking right he was. <laughs> Tango was all arranged back then. Sorry, go on. Um, no, 1928, yeah. Um, so he goes missing. Obviously, the mum's reporting. Uh, but ironically, at this at this time, the, 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 the LA police are under investigation, under a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of... Um, corruption and all that kind of thing okay. within the police. So when this gets brought into the media and everyone knows about Walter Collins going missing. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little boy called Walter Collins. Um, he, they, they're kind of embarrassed by this. Um, obviously, they're already under scrutiny. They're already under pressure. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. So there's been several reports, uh, sightings of him. Um, there was a guy at a gas station who claimed there was a boy wrapped up in newspaper in the back of a car. Um, there was sightings of a boy looking uncomfortable and distressed and crying out for help with two foreign people, with a foreign couple. I don't know why no one's acted and they've just reported it rather than mm-hmm. at at the moment. Um, and then in, what date was it? In August of the same year. Um, so this happened in March. He goes missing in March. In August of the same year, there was a little boy picked up by the name of I've got Arthur Kent. Arthur Kent. Arthur Kent. He said his dad abandoned him. Um, he has no family. So they place him in a temporary family, foster care kind of thing. And then several weeks after, I think it's like, is it three weeks after? Um, I've not got a date of how long he was with this temporary family for. But after it goes, he, he hears that he's... He resembles this Walter Collins. So he says, mm. okay, I'm Walter Collins. Um, I lied to try and protect my family and try and protect my dad. Um, so he said he was Walter Collins. Yeah, so he says he's Arthur Kent and he comes out a couple of weeks later after hearing he resembles this this little boy. So the police officer phone his mum up and say, yeah, we've got your boy. Um, he's here now. Send them a picture. And she says, that's not him. So this so obviously like obviously what do you mean? Like, you know, we've got your boy here, you should be over the moon. She says, No, that's not him. Um, I can tell by the picture. 
So how they do it, I don't know. But this the 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 leader into taking say just try it out, see how it goes. Literally just try, try it out. out. Try try this kid out. He's great. He's like, honestly he's cracking. Go on, he juggles now. He juggles half a water. He juggles. My son never juggled. My son does. Get him go. Yeah, couple couple months off away from you, and he's learned a new skill. <laughs> he shouldn't be laughing about this child abduction. Go on, carry on. Um, but yeah, so they've convinced him to try him out. So three weeks into the trial, um, he's failed. This little Arthur Kent. No, um, he's failed his, his little <laughs> crashed car. His trial. So his mum says, no, like, this isn't my boy. I know it's not my boy. Like, you're trying to pin him on me. So the police, obviously, are even more embarrassed now. It's come to light. So the 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 claim that she is trying to jeopardise the police and she's a lunatic. So they obviously throw her in a psychiatric ward. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So she goes in psychiatric ward and she's crying out saying, like, this isn't my boy. Um, Can you imagine anything more fucking terrible? So not only have you lost your son. You think your son is out there somewhere and you know that this random kid has already locked you up for it. It's enough to just make you fucking lose your mind, isn't it? So like I say, not only has she got the pressure of losing her son, she's also got the pressure, even though she's probably not that interested at the time, of taking care of this young lad. Yeah, because you can't just let this this other boy... Because obviously he says it's going to be a mess as well, even yeah. though it's not a main priority. Um, obviously got the police manipulating the headlines and making look out to be an absolute psychopath and say he's trying to jeopardise the, the LAPD or whatever it would be. And people um, turned against her, I assume. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of scrutiny on her part as well because, like you say, people turning against her and stuff. Um, and then there was, a, there was somebody along the way who reported a um, chicken coop. And they say a lot of kind of child abuse happened in this chicken coop. Um, but they didn't really pin it on anything. A few people, you know, a few other boys have gone missing. Um, and... It comes to light that this little Arthur Kent has said something along the same lines of this chicken coop as well. So the police go to check it out and it's a man by the name of Gordon Stewart Northcott who is a known child abductor. He apparently... A known child abductor? Yeah. Um, How do you become a known child abductor without being in prison? Oh. Sorry, go on, continue. I'm no, no, so I didn't think he was going to say about being in prison. I thought he was just going to say... Oh, do you know... Come from a child adopter. Could say adopt children. But um yeah, so little Arthur Kent, he now claims that he um he's kind of seen all this stuff kind of happen in his chicken coop. Um and then this Gordon Stewart Northcott, you know, claims that he's killed a couple of children in there to dig up the grave. Jesus. Nobody's in there. He admits to one homicide officially after claiming three or four children. His mum denies all knowledge. This this child adopter's dad adopts him in as well. You know, he says they're up to no good, him and his mum. So they flee. Um, but yeah, so there's no light of what happened. There's no light to kind of what happened to the mum. Um, why the police, you know, made it such hard work and dramatised the situation as a whole. Um, I mean, the the two child abductors, the mum and son, did get arrested, but there's still no trace of Walter Collins. Like to this really? day, people don't know where he is, oh, where he's, know. you know, where where he's at. Um, and what happened to the other little boy? Is it absolutely I'm zero chance sure. that this other boy is Walter Collins? 
No, like she knows. She even went to the dentist and got his dental records. And this was before he'd locked her up for being a psych, you know, in a psychotic ward. And she obviously proved through dental records that this was no way on her first son. I mean, obviously, unless she's had previous, any mum on this earth would know her son after, you know, after just a couple of months, what you call in March, April, May, June, July, or after five months. You know, if I lost Miley for five months, I'd not see you know, I would know Miley walking oh, down the street within five months. So she obviously well, there's knew. there's going to be all sorts of like defining features, like the teeth, for instance. You know what the teeth look like? If they've got any gaps in the teeth or any miss, like, you know every inch of your child, don't you? Yeah. Like the shape of their ears, the sound of the voice when they talk, like the exact shade of the hair and stuff like that. It's like five months, like a kid doesn't change that much in five months. God. I mean, that kind of feeds into all this Pizzagate stuff that's going on really, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Like California as well. Was it Hollywood or was it anywhere around there? Um, LA? Just in LA. Yeah, I'm not yeah. too sure. A little town called Wineville. I think it's only a small kind of remote-ish town. It's just like they've fucking gone off and made it get as a kid. Get as a kid that's Simple been abducted. That. That has just hasn't got like any close family and just fucking... Myself's a no trace back then either. It's um, no so DNA did, did, she raise, like... did she continue to raise that kid? Uh, I'm not too sure. I didn't read too much on that. If I'm being honest. Wow. I mean, I bet the police are just run like map. Look at this guy. Police. Chief of police, James, James Two Guns Davis. Super pow. <laughs> pow, pow. Why do they call me Two Guns? Make a fucking move and I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Angelina Jolie is uh, wearing the same hat as the actual Christine Collins. There we go. Look at that. What a shame. I wonder what happened to him. I mean, that's just, that is, it's kind of like the Madeline McCann case, minus the fake kid. Mm. Minus the fact that um, this parent wasn't in on it. Yeah. And it's like, why would the police just pin some random kid and go, do you need a family? Yeah. Do you need I've, got a family? No, I've got just a woman for you. Well, it's almost like if child trafficking was a thing in California back then or in LA, um, it's almost like they've just gone to whoever traffics kids and gone, we're calling in a favour. Just give me a fucking kid that looks like this one. Yeah. Now, what a shit idea that was. I mean, worked out pretty well for that kid because whatever his situation was before is much better now. It is. He's I mean, obviously, mentally, he's still going to be pretty scared. Um, oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's going to fuck his, his life. Yeah. Her as well. How do you go on with the rest of your life not knowing what became of a kid? So, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, there's not really much to joke about there, is it? That's a, no, a really sad story. Uh, you got anything? Uh, you got another one? Um, I've got a small one. A small one? Let's do a small one. Let's Just wrap up with a small one. Magdalena Zook. Magdalena Zook. Zook. So she was a Polish beautician and she was going on a holiday with a boyfriend. Did, she, this... uh, did she work with nail polish? <laughs> Good one. Go on, sorry. She's dead now. Um, <laughs> That's not funny. So she... <laughs> Awkward laughing. Go on. So, yeah, she's a Polish lady who obviously a Polish beautician. She was used to go Egypt into the remote town of Masa Alam, which I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Is what? what uh, how long ago was this story? This was... I've not actually got the date. It wasn't too long ago, though. It wasn't like... Talking about lifetimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We've been like last I don't know, 10 years or so, maybe even four or five years. 
And at the airport, a boyfriend's passport is faulty. So he's not allowed to travel, but she decides to go alone. Uh, on day one of her holiday alone to Egypt, she there's videos of her just like lying on the floor, hands on her head, kind of cradled, you know, in kind of videos. Like, yeah, you know, like from CCTV, that kind of oh, stuff. Okay. Um, and she's texting her friend saying she can hear voices in her head, um, like she's not in a good way. This, that, and the other. And our friends are obviously like very worried, so they get in touch with her mom and get in touch with her boyfriend and all that kind of stuff. So she's supposed to be there for a week. On day two, she says, like, I need to come home. There's no way I can stay here. So a boyfriend says she will um, sort the flight out. She said, just stay with a holiday rep. There's a guy called Mahmood. Stay with a holiday rep, you know, let him take care of you. Yeah. And obviously, I'll get the first flight home, which is going to be on day three. So she was refused lo- uh, She was refused entry to the local airport anyway because of absurd behavior. They said she was acting like strangely and freakishly. They won't let her travel. Um, so she got transported into a private hospital. Now, while she's in the hospital, there was a video of her in an absolute meltdown. She was trying to run away from um, nurses. It's like four males and one female nurse, like pin her down and control her and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So she got um, admitted. I mean, this is in within three days. So she's made a phone call to her boyfriend and she's in tears and you say, you know, you need to come get me. It's, it's not safe. Um, you know, when he, he, he says, what did you do? And she says, I can't say. She says, I can't say, just you need to take me away. Yeah. Um, so they're having basically back and forth. He's saying like, what's going on? You need to tell me. And she's saying, no, you just need to come get me. You need to make, you know, make me okay. You need to make me safe. And then the holiday rep comes on the phone and, excuse me, he says, the holiday's a waste of time. You know, goodbye. He'll take care of her or whatever. So this is my mood, I think. But all the way through this, she's in complete panic. And the boyfriend just sounds calm. Like, really, really calm on the phone. Obviously, it's been translated because it's in Polish. Yeah. So she gets admitted to the hospital. And within a couple hours, she is at an erratic layer. She's been pinned down by all these nurses and stuff. She jumps out the fourth floor window to a death. Fuck. Um, <clears throat> now, the Polish um, foreign, what do you call them? Like people, you know. What you call them? Come on. The Polish foreign people, you know, deal with things and crimes and stuff of a country. Oh, the authorities. The authorities, yeah. They they refuse. They say, no, it's on, it's on Egypt's toes. They should be dealing with this and, you know, getting to the bottom of it. Now, there's a few conspiracies as to what happened and why it happened. So one of them is that a boyfriend was a drug dealer. She was involved in trafficking drugs. Okay, yeah. And obviously it's caught up on her. Something's gone tits up and obviously she's she's fell a victim. Um, there's rumours saying that her boyfriend sold her and he's poured her across without knowing. That's why obviously, ironically, his passport got rejected. He went home, she went on her own and he was trusted her with his rep. Um, you know, this thing to say that the hotel staff obviously seen and preyed upon a young good looking girl who's by herself raped her and what have you like that um obviously sent her a bit mental she's been transmitted to the hospital she's desperate to get out acts around the clean the airport um gets into the hospital and you know things don't get better jumps out um and yeah so 
drug smuggling, boyfriends trafficked her, hotel staff, a couple of conspiracies, but there's never no real authorities. No, um, the 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 Egyptian authorities didn't go into the case of her being raped. So there's no evidence to suggest that she has been raped because the authorities kind of just dismissed into. it. It was never looked into. Yeah. So there's um, yeah, I see on the phone call, a boyfriend was like calm and he was just like. Well, just tell me what's going on. And she's obviously panicking. She's in tears. She's sobbing. She's, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And yeah. Do you think some mysteries are unsolved just because there's no, there's no hunger from any of the authorities to solve the crime? Like the Polish authorities didn't want to solve it. The Egyptian authorities didn't want to solve it. So they must just half-assed it for a little bit and just thought, no, let's just chop this one up too. Let's just leave Mister- it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely so. Because obviously, if you look at it as a soul... Um, case, then you're like, oh no, that's horrible. The farmers deserve closure. But if you look at it as that country has got X amount of cases with X amount of staff and workforce, you know, it might be a fact that obviously, like you say, that needs to get put on a back burner. Yeah. And then, did you ever see that film Hostel? Is that when we go to like Serbia or somewhere? Yeah, I think it's like Czech Republic they go to. And um, I've not seen it in years. But um, they basically um, they get kidnapped. <laughs> Um, by this organization that um, sell humans to rich people who bid. So they'll get told that, okay, now there's a bid. They'll get sent a photo and some information of the person that they've got. And you bid for this person. And then if you win, you basically fly to the Czech Republic and you can just do whatever you want to this person. You can kill him, you can torture him, you can you can just whatever you want to do. And they'll clean up the body afterwards and you just pay a bunch of money to... Just, just whatever. And some of these people, they just taught, yeah, they're just into torturing people. It's like a sick pledge that they've gotten because they've got all that money. Again, Pizzagate kind of yeah scandals how it, how it happens. And like that sort of idea, it's like that crazy. Like there must be some weight behind it. I mean, like, the idea comes from somewhere, don't it? it? Stems from. I mean, we can't assume that all rich people aren't, you know, don't have equal chance to be a fucking sicko. Like you know, these Jeffrey Dahmer's of the world. Like, what's to, what's to say that people who have a shitload of cash and into the same stuff? The only difference is they don't have to stalk and hunt their own prey. They can just pay for it. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some weight behind that. Who knows? I mean, when I think of the rich and famous, like, I don't know. When you think of the rich and famous, you kind of, you know, patrons sat in their house, the earth, having a little fart and that. Just, no, just chilling out watching Netflix. Yeah. Fucking around on the phone. But you don't think of like, rich, famous people just going, oh, fucking hell, I've spent well too much time on the phone this week and need to start doing more shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just like human issues that you don't really, yeah, you suppose you think about them on a different plane of existence, don't you? Sipping fine wine. On a balcony looking over a mountain. Lovely sunset. <laughs> yeah, so uh, do, we do, a, do we do a part three to this or do we leave it at part two? I would be well inclined to do a part three. Yeah, should we do part three? Yeah. Okay. Next week, Unsolved Mysteries part three. Yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed part two. If you've got any mysteries you want us to solve with all the experience that we've got in solving mysteries. Uh, close case. Close case, Johnson. <laughs> um, that's a joke from last week that we did. Funny stuff. Funny stuff. <laughs> Social media people. If you're on Facebook, uh, check out the uh, the Facebook page at Junkland HQ. What I'm going to do is we're going to drop some... Um, I'm going to drop some material in there that we kind of use to research some of these cases. Um, 
the the Diatal of Mysteries stuff. We're going to put that in there. You know, you can have a look through some of the photographs yourself, have a read of the case, take a look at the map, and you know, kind of see where these incidents occurred. Uh, we'll throw the Changeling stuff in there as well that Anthony spoke about. And um, if yeah, if there's something that he wants to talk about in the next one, do give us a shout on the page. Um, whatever you inboxes are, put it on the wall. It's up to you. You know, there are some um, there are some good ones that we could do. We could do the Mary Celeste. That's a that's a classic mystery yep. case. The old ghost ship. I was actually looking at that one as well for last week's. Yeah, I've got to kind of revisit. You know what it is with the Mary Celeste though? It's um, the actual when you look at the truth behind it, it's not as exciting as the story that we all know and love. There's another there's another one to do with ships as well because the old pirate thing goes intriguing, ships are a big one, aren't they? But um, yeah, yeah, another cracking episode for the books. Episode thirty three, I think. 33, 34, something like that. We're flying through these episodes now. Before you know it, we'll be having Christmas specials rolling out, which Ooh, I'm looking forward to. I am looking forward I to. I think Christmas time is going to go off. We're going to do... Halloween will be a good one. Halloween will be a good one. Uh, spooky stories and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, myths behind why Halloween exists. Yeah. Uh, the Headless Horseman and all that kind of stuff. We'll go into the scary, scary stuff. Um, around those times, you'll we'll probably release like three episodes a week and just go crazy on it at Christmas, you know. Christmas Ooh, I've truth, got some exciting plan for this truth, Christmas as well. Truths behind like Christmas fables, why we do certain things, um, you know, how different countries celebrate Christmas, that kind Where, of shit. Some ori- uh, origins of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're rambling. We're ramblers. We ramble on. It's what we do. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, do check out the socials. And if you decide not to, that's fine. But please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And until the next one, my friends. Peace. Peace.